0: Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom, I'm Roger. My brothers and sisters in Christ join me every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. so honored and glad to have you after a few hiccups a few little hiccups but we're here we're glory to god praise god thank praise him god. i'm here with the amazing father will combs how are you doing today sir
1: oh praise god yeah every day is a gift from god so it's good to be here with all of you
0: i am so excited one of the reason why i'm so excited is because we're going to embark on this journey god willing and doing this a series with you father will the excitement and the joy I think it'll bring to the listeners. Whoever's listening, I think you're really going to enjoy this series that we're going to be doing with, with Father Will Combs. Find out who Father Will is and why do you do what you do and how do you find your strength, what's in the future. So we always hear your name around. And anybody that knows the Catholic Church knows how tough the job is for for a pastor, how hard it is, and they can't always do everything the way some people won right you could always we fall into the sin of complain oh why how come he's not more attentive or well how come he doesn't give better homilies how come he doesn't do you know all this stuff and everyone has their own gifts and i think one one of your gifts not the only one but i think one of your gifts i've said it this time uh, not to embarrass you but i think you're you're one of the best preachers in, in the entire city arguably the best preacher in the entire city wow amazing um i've tended your church um, I think I first started going maybe about right around my reversion. So about six years ago and off and on I pop in. I th- actually, I was in the last mass on Sunday at the 1230. So yeah. um, you weren't there though, but yeah. I was like, oh, maybe. give us a little introduction because before we talk about the exciting stuff we're going to do to share God's word, evangelize, I wanted people to get to know you. So Father Will, could you tell us what your current
1: position, what are you currently doing right now? Sure. I'd be happy to. Uh, Yeah, I am a brother of the beloved disciple. The brothers of the beloved disciple get our charism from um, John chapter 19 uh, at the foot of the cross, where Jesus gives his final gifts of his mother and the spirit. He hands over the spirit. So we're a Marian charismatic community to be a reminder to the church of the full role of the Holy Spirit and the role of our Blessed Mother Mary. Uh, And so we came here in the year 2000 as a community of brothers and priests, really seeking to do God's will, for sure, uh, let God's will be done on earth. And so here we are at St. Mary Magdalene Parish. So I've been here for 23 years now as a priest for 18 years. So it was 2004 when I became a priest after my seminary studies. And as a priest, many years as a parochial vicar, and then about the past seven years or so as a, a pastor I definitely see uh, this beautiful flock that God has entrusted to me, and we're very blessed to have a school and many ministries. Uh, we're English and Spanish. Uh, we're right off of I-10. I like, like to joke about I-10 is uh, is all the way from Florida to California, and we're right in the middle, so coast to coast <laughs> yeah. with the Holy Ghost, you know. And, <laughs> and we're really praying for obviously a new Pentecost here, um, preparing everyone for more of the Holy Spirit. God has so much more um he, and he's looking for the humble the hungry that are asking and seeking and knocking and and certainly we, we see ourselves and I as a pastor see this is battle we're in between the sheep and the wolves and the wolves come to steal kill and destroy and many many good people uh here and at times even myself can easily be deceived and and make bad choices and so yeah what is obviously a big inspiration to me was um I am a convert and still converting. I I joined the Catholic Church when I was uh, 21 years old. 22 is when I first received my first communion and confirmation. And a big hero of mine, with with all the saints, is St. John Paul II, who really speaks about this culture war we're in. And it was in 1976 that he came to Philadelphia, the bicentennial year of the United States. And he says, Many do not realize what times we are living in. We are in the final battle between the gospel and the anti-gospel, between the church and the anti-church, between Amen. the Christ and the antichrist. And then it was about 20 years later, in 1995, with the encyclical, The Gospel of Life, he outlines the two cultures, the culture of life and the culture of death. And certainly, when I'm overwhelmed with with funerals and confessions and people coming seeking help, I'm, I'm I get very sensitive asking that question: Where's all this coming from? It's personal choices, but also as a culture, many can easily be deceived and be choosing a culture of death. So there's a great need for the the word of God, the truth, to set us free.
0: That's amazing. It's I, I love that you said. Uh, what is it? I was Pope the Great. John Paul, right? Like, it's it's in so many titles. He's so amazing, right? Awesome. He's like, I think it needs to be spread out more. But people are catching on the last decade of you know theology of the body but i don't think that's his own that is one of the big how you a marker of him but not just that though not just theology of body like all the stuff that he did he's such an amazing pope so glad to hear you say that that's one of your inspirations and you talked about how you were a convert uh, what denomination were you before and what was your experience with catholicism
1: <laughs> sure I was born and raised Presbyterian in in New Jersey. Wonderful upbringing with my family. And uh, I definitely learned the Bible stories in the Presbyterian church. And it was in college that I really went through a major conversion. When I realized everything comes to an end, like my childhood, it's gone. It's just a memory. It's just a yearbook. It's just a phone call. It's just a vacation. Everything comes to an end and if everything dies and everyone dies. Then then why live? So I was full of grief. I was drowning in grief. I knew suicide wasn't the answer, but what is? And so I was really, I needed someone who's risen from the dead. So I had to get rid of my pride. And it was in humility and desperation. I said, okay, God, save me. You win. I'm all in. Here, catch. I give you my life. And it really sense, the Lord kind of questioned me, like, like I've heard that before. Um, how do I know you're real? No, God, I really am all in. So he led me through the gift of the Holy Spirit of a lifestyle of prayer and then eventually into scripture. And of course, you read the whole Bible, it's a story. It begins with Adam and Eve and it goes all the way through the Old Testament to the highlight, the new Adam, Jesus, the yeah. Christ, and then with his apostles. And then what? <laughs> well, according to my upbringing as, as a Presbyterian, well, nothing really happens until Martin Luther in 1517. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute, what happened to the first it was 1500 years? on snooze years? or something yeah. like that, right? <laughs> right. Snooze. And... and the answer is, well, it was called the Catholic Church. So I had a great fascination, and it was in my third year in college I went to Ecuador. And of course, in Latin America, so many are Catholic. And I see the Catholic Church all over the place. The word Catholic means universal. Uh, We see that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You uh, shall be clothed with power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you shall be my witness to the ends of the earth. And not too many Presbyterians in, in Ecuador, but a lot of Catholics. And Catholic is... Universal means the fullness, so this great hunger and thirst for the fullness. You'll know the tree by its fruits, and the fruits of the Catholic tree is called the saints, the lives of the saints, obviously the Eucharist. There's so many reasons. I can go on and on and on about this great gift that God has given us called the fullness, the the Catholic faith.
0: It reminds me of, I think, St. Augustine. When He was battling one of the heretics, all the many heretics. So many he was trying to battle, but one of them was when they were trying to claim they were the, the universal church. Saint Augustine said something to the effect of, like, Well, um, you guys, I just see you guys in this certain area, you're you guys aren't you know everywhere. And it's that joke that it's like, Well, there's not too many like a specific, like maybe uh, southern Baptists in. China or in Africa. There's not, you know, too many. It makes me chuckle because sometimes you'll hear people, uh, good intentions, but without Christ the King. And they'll try to twist stuff and they'll be like, oh, Christianity is just an American thing. And it's like, no, it it was in the Middle East. It was, you know, right? So it's kind of funny. You mentioned that in college, uh, when you dug into the the scripture the history right because yes. again yeah it's like this big hole like hey what happened never mind about that don't don't talk about that it's martin luther forget all those other i think it was a uh, john cardo newman right that said um to, to read history is to cease to be protestant or something like that right oh, okay. the quote yes. say something sure. similar yes. and uh similar with me first philosophy got me and then history because i love history but what was your reaction when you when you came out of the closet of like guys I'm Catholic I think I'm going to be Catholic was was there any pushback or was it like open arms or what was the reaction to everyone friends or family
1: yes uh, I'm grateful for my family certainly mm-hmm. the day they accepted sure yeah um That's great. and they're they're happy that I was happy um it, yeah there is a funny story if I can share <laughs> yeah great when my parents came down to Ecuador it was right after the first Gulf War in 1991. And uh, I thought it was the end of the world because I'm reading Matthew 24 and these apocalyptic chapters about the end of the world. I'm like, okay, and now there's possible bombs in the Holy Land. This, you know, this is it. I have to live the gospel now before it's too late. So mom and dad, I love you. Thank you for coming down to visit me in Ecuador for a nice vacation. I've decided to drop out of college (laughs) and I'm going to stay here in Ecuador and just preach the gospel to the poor because the Lord's coming real soon. (laughs) And I have to live the gospel before it's too late. Well, it was five days after they left that it was a Friday night in, in the s- streets of Quito, Ecuador, uh, late at night. And this poor guy was pushing his pickup truck, and he's trying to get his truck to start and move. And, and so I remember that passage, you know, if one calls you to go one mile, go two miles. Well, he wasn't forcing me, but I was trying to be extra good. <laughs> and so I helped him push the pickup truck until the undercover cops came with their oh. rifles. And they beat the daylights out of us.
0: What? So, wait a minute, hold on. You can't just go. Oh, they just—you know—guys with guns. They just beat us up. And whoa, wait a minute. They came and they attacked you guys. Yeah, with, with the back of the rifles. Oh first. my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how painful
1: was that? Oh my, god, I can't even imagine that. That's yeah, crazy. Well, this was, was obviously—I'm um, I'm obviously now looking back. I'm grateful, and I have a nice mark right here of remembering that 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 moment. um And then the police came, and so they threw us in the trunk of the car and then took us to jail so i had a nice weekend in two days and three nights in, in the deluxe jail of quito ecuador uh little did i know this guy was stealing the pickup truck
0: oh you're over there like oh let me help you sir and then you're like here hold this crowbar i can't get in my car and you're trying to, oh my goodness that's a, a horrible mistake <laughs> yes yeah, guilty by association
1: so i uh, had a, a wonderful weekend in jail we sang yellow submarine and all kinds of things they love the gringo with them yeah um, but it was there I realized it's not Jesus and me, it's Jesus and we. And it's so important that we root our identity, not just in me, myself, and I, what I'm going through. But the we is, is certainly the, the the greater name that we belong to. We are Christian. Like San Antonio belongs to San Antonio. Texans belong to Texas. Christians belong to Christ. And if we belong to Christ, then we belong to his body. And a thumb can't be a thumb without the hand, without the arms and the shoulder. We, in all humility, we need each other, and it was in that place of jail. Thanks to my future godparents, they got me out just in time. While the rest went to prison, I got out, and it was there I, I realized that I really need the church. And so, joining the Catholic Church, um, yeah, definitely is very foreign to my family. To this day, none of my family are Catholic. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, right. And it's it's hard for them to to understand but they're mm-hmm. happy for me yeah. and and so yeah. there's uh that sense of of acceptance and respect and um but definitely it was a, a dramatic change it was definitely wow. a death and life experience of of my old life and now my new life as a, as a catholic
0: i think that's good aspirate inspirational because uh some people that convert to catholicism that's not their experience at all you know they turn their back on them like how dare be anything but that drop out of high school i don't care if you're in a Ecuadorian prison, just don't be a Catholic. And then you did the opposite. You're like, uh, "Hi guys, I, I'm in a prison, Ecuadorian prison. I dropped out of college, and I'm gonna be Catholic. Bell me out, you know? Oh, Father, will the fugitive, <laughs> the, the car thief, though? Well, but you do, now you're now you're stealing souls for Christ, all like that. There you go. Now you're you're in it to steal souls for Christ because he thirsts for that. So, wow, I didn't know that about you. That's an amazing story. And, and I know horrific, obviously, at the time, but it, it turned out to be good. And you probably guaranteed, probably touched some people's lives in jail, you know. How first of all, how was the food though? The food must have been amazing in Ecuador. Was it great?
1: Well, not not in jail, but I Oh, no no no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. But in gen- <laughs> No, in uh, general when you were in Ecuador like Oh, food. yeah, it's, it's
1: the size of Colorado and it, wow. and it's 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 uh, the the coastal, I mean Ecuador means equator, so mitad del mundo, right? Right? In the, the the on the equator line. So the coastal uh, gets very very hot, but then it goes way way up into the Andy Mountains up to you know, the, the the valley in the Sierra is 10,000 feet high. So, and then it goes down into the Amazon jungle. So it's just, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. And yeah, extremely blessed. Yeah, great, great food. Very wholesome, very, very natural. And very they're very, very close to the land. So it was, of course... This was the time when I'm reading scripture. That is the New Testament for the first yeah. time. When Jesus speaks about seeds and planting and about sheep and shepherding. And here I am. I'm with the Tigua Indians in the Paramo of Ecuador. You're living and it. And there are sheep people. It's like, oh, wow, this is a tremendous gift that God gave me.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh, what's better, San Antonio food or Ecuadorian food, if you had to choose? But remember where you are. Remember, <laughs> no, I'm not, not gonna put you on the spot. But yeah, uh, uh, San Antonio food's better. <laughs> but um, was there anything like in your childhood growing up? Like you said, you grew up Presbyterian. But was there anything, any memories you have looking back that hey, I remember that time in my adolescence there was like little seeds that I was gonna be a priest one day. Was there anything like that?
1: Uh, Yes. Yes. I'm speaking, I'm thinking of of a specific memory when I was a junior in, in high school and I was really searching. I had to tend, I was, I'm the youngest of my family. So I'm a, I was definitely raised, I was the only son. I had two older sisters. And so it was definitely easy for me to dream. So big dreamer. And really the tension between dreaming the ideal or just compromising and living in, the the dog eat dog rat race reality. And, and so I didn't want to give up the idea. I didn't want to give up. And, of course, I was very blessed with my family. We had a big map of the world growing up as a kid right next to our round table where we ate together and prayed together every night. And uh, and the message was, you know, we're, we're we're all family. The whole human family is family. And we have a, a responsibility to love, to love. And, of course, it was right after Martin Luther King, and, you know, it was in the oh, 1970s, man. you know, and so... I was definitely raised with these ideals, and so I really struggled with this starting definitely in high school, and so I was in cross-country, so I grabbed my Bible, and I ran a good five miles or so into the depths of the woods by Passaic River in New Jersey, and uh, really stripped down like Adam and Eve, and I wanted to go back to basics. Let's read <laughs> let's read the Gospel of Matthew all the way through, and the Word of God is so powerful. Yeah. Uh, And I was rather proud. I was writing my resume for, look how good I am. Let me come into your college. Uh, And so when I read the passages of Matthew chapter 10, especially where it says, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, who does Jesus think he is telling me to deny myself? I want to be myself. I want to be all I can be.
0: I am an American. How dare you tell yeah, me? Yeah, right it now? pride.
1: It was a lot of pride, yeah. for sure. And then also, you know, unless you love me more than you love your parents, you're not worthy of me. Like, love, you know, geez, I know you're an awesome, amazing example, but love you more than my parents. So I really had struggled with this, but I kept reading. And then when it came to the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, a canoe came when I was reading about Peter uh, denying him three times. So I, I I ran away into the woods and then came back and you know, and felt kind of convicted of my fears. And but I kept reading and then when I entered into the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ, a horrible thunder lightning storm broke out, oh. and uh, and I realized at times I ran back home. Then I got in big trouble with my parents because they couldn't find me. As oh. um, I realized how powerful the word of God is, that I'm I'm. And so that really gave me a, a an, an, yeah, hunger and a thirst and a longing and a seeking to and, and a curiosity of who is this man, Jesus? So it definitely led to my conversion.
0: That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. And once you're in, you convert, you tell your family to accept, you go to Ecuador. And once you're in the, the midst of seminary, when you're going in there and you're learning your seminary, is there anything, any time from your seminarian that you still think about back today? And you're like, oh, my goodness, how did I get through that from your seminarian days?
1: Well it was it was a long journey from Ecuador to the seminary i I, I joined the the seminary in nineteen ninety seven actually at St Mary's University that's when my graduate studies began um, and then of course at Oblate school of theology uh the the journey actually was my my parents won um, because they convinced me to go back to college and graduate and, oh <laughs> and of course, by then I had I had met, um, his name is Father Richard Sneck. He's, he's a Jesuit a priest and he was in from California, but teaching in Ecuador, Quito. And so he became my RCIA teacher and he convinced me to go back to get my college degree and then join the Jesuits. So I tried to join the Jesuits in California, then in Mexico, both places. You're not ready for this. Go home and get a job. So I went home and got, got a job, and, uh, and I kept searching, where is my place in the Catholic Church? So I eventually volunteered in Alabama uh, at a beautiful, small, little Catholic school, and um, it was there that I realized I, there, there was, was one point that I really, I wanted to teach theology to the first graders, <laughs> and so the parents start to complain, and so uh, Ms. Curry was the president uh, president it was the principal, and and she says, you know, uh, Will, why don't you just uh, help in the library? Well, <laughs> the library was like about three or four shelves yeah. of books, but it was it was a moment of grace because I realized, you know, it's not about me, Lord. It's it's all about the salvation of these children. You know, God, you can do whatever you want with me. I just pray let your will be done. So you know, I'm I'm even willing to clean the toilets, God. Whatever, whatever it takes, you know, for the salvation, the holiness of these children. And so when I completely surrendered and accepted, you know, God's will, then then wonderful things began to happen at recess and at gym, and then putting on plays and preparing the music for, for mass. And so some wonderful. It was it was a very important lesson of really again renouncing the pride. Not what I want, God. What do you want? Thy will be done. And
0: that's so. hard to do because you're here. You want to, You're teaching in first grade of kids. You're like, all right, kids. We're gonna talk about this, the divine simplicity today. And all this high theology. We're gonna. Continue contingency uh, aristotle would say that you can't and all the, and the first graders are like and you're like father will let's put you over here so that's great though no, god used you and beautiful you said fruit right yes. fruit started coming yes, that's great yes,
1: yes yes and it was there that i met father george montague who invited me to san antonio with father bob hogan to start this oh, yeah, community yeah. of the brothers to the beloved disciple and it was after one year of teaching coaching at, at holy rosary catholic school that i join the seminary
0: wait you were um, taught at holy rosary catholic school yeah
1: well, yeah. What really
0: what years because i i went to actually i went like one year to holy rosary oh, yeah is that right oh. and um I, well, I think it was like the the 90s probably <laughs> yeah i think it was like oh. the 90s or something yeah, like I that. i was but... there from uh, 1996
1: to 1997
0: oh really hold on i think maybe i don't know maybe i'm trying i have to like think about it but i know it's in the 90s the late 90s that i went to like one year a holy rosary by saint mary's right
1: by Saint yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Business, cool, yeah. cool. Wow, that's another little connection. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, was that your first choice to, to be in the Jesuits? Like, was that your first one? Because you have like Dominicans and, and oh, Franciscans. Course, what drew you to them? What drew you?
1: Oh, the lives of the saints. Oh, you know, yeah. and I definitely wanted family. So mm. I, I had a very strong family experience growing up. So I felt orphaned. And of course, I knew my family loved me, but I couldn't you know, live with them with this, this new lifestyle and zeal. So finding family in the Catholic Church is okay—a a religious community. And so I wanted to be a brother. Saint Francis of Assisi was certainly yeah a big uh, uh, hero of mine, but also the Jesuit saints. And mm-hmm. so I... who's
0: your favorite? I think I might know, but who 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 would you say is your favorite Jesuit saint?
1: Oh, favorite Jesuit saint. Oh yeah. I, ooh, I love them all, but. Yeah, the first two that come to me is St. Francis Xavier and St. Peter Claver.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I thought you could—yeah, okay. That surprised me. Good, good. Yeah, good choices.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all good, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. I, I love the saints, and, and I hope we all have that hunger and thirst and mm-hmm. desire to become one.
0: Yeah, oh I know. We should do like a like the NBA the the top 50 greatest of all time, right? They have to go Michael Jordan to Who's the greatest Saint Cast r- roster like the All-Star yeah, team or something. Yeah, yeah, I know they're all great. We we should that's our our duty, right? It's either be a saint. Like that's yes. that's it. There's no there's nothing else to do then be a saint.
1: So, yeah, my seminary years at Saint Mary's University in Ablay were 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 good. Um and I was very well balanced because of my brothers of the beloved disciple. It was around that time the catechism came out, so it was it was great. Uh, I love scripture, and then loved the catechism. So that was definitely the foundation uh, to to build on for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's certainly tensions in the in this in any seminary as there is in the church between being more pastoral and being more doctrinal, wow. and so yeah, that the the strength of Especially oblate is more pastoral, and so I had some questions with the doc- doctrine, and it's again, it's a both and. Yeah. It, it really is a narrow gate, you know. It's it's truth and love. And, yeah, and, um, yeah. One of the great strengths of oblate is they're very cultural. <laughs> you know, they have multicultural, and and have that sense of uh, awareness and sensitivity. Again, it's good being Catholic, uh, which also requires the fullness of truth. So there definitely moments of struggle between the two.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's a good lead into go into um what we're going to be setting up here because you you touched on pastoral and doc, doctrinal like i think i was too doctrinal and not enough pastoral then you almost turn into it, there's a tendency to turn into a pharisee when you're like oh well at least i'm not sinning like that person right you do that you're like well i'm not like that guy well i don't kill no one i don't do this i don't i, I started and I, I realized god kind of showed me yeah, I don't commit adultery. I don't cheat on my wife. I don't look at dirty magazines. I don't do this. I don't do that. And I'm starting to name all these things. I don't do the big ones. Uh, but then it reminds me of something that I'd heard from from a, a priest one time said, um, he said, I don't know who said it, but he was like, if you want to send like an amateur, uh, go to Las Vegas. You know, there's lust, there's this, greed, all that stuff. He goes, but if you wanna, if you wanna learn how to sin like a pro, come to seminary. Backbiting, pride, all this stuff. And nice. I don't remember who said it, but I, I've heard it multiple yeah, well, times. Well. And that reminded me of me. It's like, wait a minute, like, oh yeah, the big ones. But what about pride? What about judging? What about um, thinking i'm better than this person thinking i'm oh i don't these you know these people over here those people over there once you start okay so after all that you get into St Mary Magdalene's and how did your preaching style evolve were you too much charity and not enough clarity or too much clarity or not enough charity how how did that evolve and what did you see that hey i need to start preaching on this from the congregation
1: yeah yeah definitely it was uh, i believe in, in 1999 around mm-hmm. then is that when uh, the doctor said to my mom, you know, Lynn Combs, you got cancer. Mm. Well, that's not a very nice thing to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's pretty offensive. I mean, in fact, you're hurting my mom's feelings. Mm. But it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's reality. And if you don't deal with it, this cancer will kill you. And Unfortunately, she was able to respond well and live for another 20 years. Good. Um, Good. And, uh, and that obviously was a big lesson, of course, is that there is no contradiction between pastoral and doctrinal. Mm-hmm. If we really love people, we want them to be free from sin. Yeah. Sin uh, is lurking at the door and it wants to master you, mm-hmm. says the Lord in actually today's reading, Genesis chapter 4 with Cain. Uh, and But you can master it. You can overcome it. So the, the loving thing is to definitely... Uh, it, with, with gentleness and, and reverence yeah. um, to expose cancer, to expose the spiritual cancer that's stealing, killing, and destroying souls. Um, Yet yeah, it is a narrow gate. And I've definitely gone way to, too far to the right or too far to the left. In summary, we can say too far to the right is when you you hate sin so much, you end up hating sinners. Mm, <laughs> well, the answer. left is you, you love sinners so much that... You know what? In fact, there is no sin. You can do whatever you want. You know.
0: Why do you need to repent, right? If there's no sin, you don't need to repent. So yeah, it's you know?
1: really easy to go too far yeah. to the left and to the right. And yeah, absolutely, definitely. I, I constantly tell people and remind people that I, um, I can sin much more, much worse than you can, because yeah. <laughs> because mm-hmm. those who've been given much, much is expected. Yeah. And I I constantly remind everyone at, at funerals because often at funerals there's there's all kinds of people and people who've never been to church before yeah. and they don't know what to say. And, and it's like, Hey, you're, you're right now looking at a sinner who is repented. And by God's amazing grace and mercy. I was know. in an
0: Ecuadorian prison. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah no, and that,
1: I'm, I'm here because I need. So a key word to really understand, to overcome our pride is certainly humility and a good way to understand humility, which is the truth is to be aware of your needs and not just your physical needs, and your social and emotional needs to be aware of your spiritual needs are great there's a hierarchy of needs and the greatest need is our need for god mm. and uh and certainly I'm, I'm fully aware that i'm gonna have to give an account on the day of judgment yeah proverbs i believe it's chapter 18 says you know that pride comes before the fall and yes. I've, I've fallen plenty of times these past 18 years because of my pride and the Lord's good, he, he chastises those whom he loves, yeah. so he, he loves me very much because he chastises <laughs> me a lot yeah. you know? and he humbles me and he points out my yeah my hypocrisy or my my, my impatience, my, my vices um, and it's, it's it's a lifestyle of constantly repenting and trusting in God's mercy
0: yeah. I think you do a great job of that balance. Like, of course, we all, me too, I go far this way, far that side. But I go around to a lot of churches. I I like to, you know, like, oh, let's go to this church. I just just like to, um, something about just, just kind of visiting other churches, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of going around. I have my home church, but also, you know, uh, maybe when I get up too late, I'm like, oh, okay, it's the mm-hmm. one o'clock mass. It's all right, kids, I guess the four o'clock. But uh, so I have heard a lot of preaching, right? And of course, growing up, I grew up Catholic. I just left once. Once I was old enough to say, no, I don't want to go. I never came back until I was like 29, 30. So I've been, I've heard a lot. Okay. So growing up, I don't really hear anyone preach like you again, there's probably some church I haven't been to, but I'm, I'm talking about just my my truth, right? My truth. I, I don't really hear people um, call out sin. Um, the only time I hear uh, maybe a pastor kind of like um, get after the congregation or whatever is like, no, I'm not saying these are not, not big things, you know, but things like come to a mass on time, which is good. You have, right? You should, but don't, don't leave early and you shouldn't, right? You shouldn't do that, but that's about it. And then maybe don't judge people. But then that's, I don't really hear about abortion. I don't I rarely hear about um, what they call the transgender issues. People like same-sex attracted people that I don't hear any of that at all. And I know you do a great job of preaching repentance because it's not that God wants to say, you have to earn my love, right? It's not like you do this things to earn my love. God loves you no matter what. But do we love God, right? Like, do we love him? Because yes. if we love him, again, it's not earned. People think, oh, you're trying to earn. No, you, God, conform to me, right? Like, you conform. And that's not, that's not, we're asking God to conform to us. Because I'm sure people come up to you after Mass. ask, I don't like when you said that. I don't like when you said that. So is it a tough skin? Is it a combination of, of d- different things?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I have tough skin. So I definitely feel, <laughs> I definitely feel. feel everything. <laughs> I feel everything. Uh, <laughs> Yes, it was definitely, again, the Word of God, the power of the Word of God. So, yeah, I was definitely raised, uh, yeah, strength and weakness is definitely to love people and don't Mm -hmm. judge people, so accept them as they are, Um, and there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, That being said, in in my Presbyterian upbringing, I never heard about the day of judgment and consequence Mm. of sin, while meanwhile, Scripture, it's all over the place. (laughs) You know, tree of life, tree of death, whatever you pick from— you know, in fact, yesterday's reading was a, a Sirach chapter 15. It mm-hmm. yeah. says, you know, I, I, the Lord places before yes. you fire and water, stretch out your hand. Whatever you choose is what you'll get. Before yeah. you is life and death, good and evil. And whatever you choose will be given to you. Yeah. And it's, it's, we see throughout them, Four Gospels, Jesus speaks in parables. And so many, I'd say a majority of the parables, it's either one way or the other way. Jesus invites and he warns. So you can build your house on rock or you can build your house on sand. You can go through the narrow gate or the open wide gate. You can plant your seed in good soil or bad soil. You can become... Um, you can multiply your talents or you can bury your talents. You can become a, a wise virgin with extra oil or a foolish virgin with, with not enough mm-hmm. oil, no oil. Uh, you can be a good sheep and do the works of mercy or an evil goat, not do the works of, of mercy. So whatever you choose has consequences. Jesus, more than anyone else, speaks about the reality of hell. And if we really love people, what, what are we doing? <laughs> To, to really, again, thanks be to God for my parents. They, they, they definitely encouraged me, but they also warned me mm. that there's definitely, yeah. in a sense, sin is fire. And when you put your hand in fire, you're going to get burned. That's not God's fault. It's not oh, because yeah. God doesn't love you. He does love you. And that's why he's constantly in scripture and throughout the history of the church. He's warning us. He's inviting us and he's warning us. But ultimately, whatever we choose, we get. And so... Um, we have a responsibility, definitely, to, uh, you as a father, need to warn your children yeah. well that there's consequences to your choices. And it's important that children experience the consequences mm-hmm. of their choices. It's important that they experience discipline, chastisement, uh, timeout. I got a lot of timeouts yeah. as a kid, you know. <laughs> but thanks, be to God, that's real love. Yeah. And that's what's definitely needed today. Amen.
0: Know? And so let's talk about what we're gonna what we're trying to do with, with this this series. You know, had this idea, but then you came up with this greater idea. This philosophical issue, doctrinal issues, sexual issues, but tying it to your love, your at your passion for the rosary, the mysteries. So can you explain
1: Oh gladly. Gladly. I gladly do. There's a great deception in perception, and how mm. do we perceive reality? And we really need to, to re-examine the lens that we're looking through, and there certainly can be a log in our eye that we're perceiving reality according to the flesh, the world, and the devil. So my upbringing was definitely at college. My major was anthropology, of studying all the cultures mm. in the world. And, and yeah, not just the me, but the we. We as a people have a conscience. We have a lifestyle that's either an agreement or disagreement with the gospel. Uh, and um, so I definitely had all these questions raising up in me as I was doing a lot of pastoral work as a pastor over these years. And uh, the question was, it's not just a personal sin, it's a social sin. And what good is it to... obviously there's some good in it, but but going, hearing people's confession and praying over them. And then we send them back into the world where they continue to go back to the vomit of of a whole culture that again, St. John Paul II calls the culture of death. And so uh, that led just to a lot of prayer because I was overwhelmed. I was powerless. uh, I, I definitely feel like a failure at times when there's just so many wolves devouring beautiful sheep. And so it led me to to pray more, pray more, and ask more, and, and certainly finding great consolation in the rosary just to be with Jesus. And that's really what the rosary is. It's all about the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is the truth. And to perceive reality according to the truth is to perceive reality according to Jesus. So to put on the lens of Jesus, a simple way and a great summary of the whole gospel is the 20 Mysteries of the Rosary joyful, luminous, sorrowful, and glorious, mysteries of the rosary. And then we have a good lens to expose. So in every, the rosary of life, this is is a group that we've developed here, a small little group here at St. Mary Magdalene's, and often on people have been coming, including young adults with our Bible revival, is this, this need to, yeah, right. There's no charity without clarity to separate brownies from dog poop. (laughs) Because <laughs> I mean they, they, they look alike, you yeah, know? Yeah, they do, and it's easy to confuse yourself between true. brownies and dog poop. And a lot of people are eating dog poop and they're getting they're getting sick. and you know, they're 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 poisoned. And and there's a great need therefore to lead people, right? That that's the good news, and that's how Jesus begins his whole gospel saying, repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of God is near. And so repent is asking for mercy. Divine mercy. Divine mercy is the good news. As far as the east is to the west, scripture says God sets us free from our sins. By his death, death to our sins, by his resurrection, forgiveness, new life, a new creation. Christ makes all things new. And so there's a tremendous need then to expose the cancer, to expose the culture of the flesh, the culture of the fallen world, the culture of the of, of the devil. So we have a fallen nature in a fallen world governed by a fallen angel <laughs> And it's easy to be deceived and fall into the traps of social sins. And so each mystery is praying for the culture of life. That's the first part of each mystery. And then the second half, another five Hail Marys, repenting and forgiving and renouncing the culture of death.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Um, The rosary, I mean, there's... The mysteries, just dwelling, meditating upon that, and and it's um it's a such such a help too. It's such a help to just meditate on those. Just thinking, put placing yourself there. Um, just at, at least that's what I do. I place myself there and imagine the scene, like if I'm in there, an extra, you know, watching Jesus and it's just so once you get deep in it it's just um, unexplainable you know just unexplainable so and that tying it to the cultural issues of the day um, people having um, having same-sex attraction and you mentioned is like that's not all who you are right that's not like labeling people that's not you're not just that. You're more than that. That's uh, sexuality is one part of you, right? That's good. That's God gave us, and it's beautiful and it's good. Uh, but everything can be twisted or misused. And how to like navigate that, and how to explain to people like, look, this on this rosary, this mystery, it's talking about you know blank, and this rosary is talking about blank. So how, incorporating that in with the all these different these subjects these things i think even uh spiritual warfare stuff that could happen because people struggle with that as well you know there's uh, spiritual warfare you mentioned that the the rise of of this uh i guess the pagans making a comeback the pagan rituals the pagan uh witchcraft and all this stuff like that so i like how you came up with the idea to tie it with the rosary because that's that's the weapon right it, it's a weapon and I think that's the way to get into there. So I really like that.
1: Yes. And we are baptized uh, by certainly renouncing and believing. So it's a tremendous need every day to fully live our baptism and fully renounce the culture of death and all its, its aspects. So in many ways, the Rosary of Life, it's, it's an examination of conscience by fully renouncing and then, of course, fully believing, believing in our Lord, our God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and His kingdom that is coming and really separating the two. Um, and so, yeah, with, with all these different mysteries, right. The, the joyful is meditating on uh, family. So certainly Jesus began the first 30 years of his life in family. and family, it's so important that they're learning authentic love and therefore fully repenting, forgiving, being healed and delivered, renouncing fake love. And, and the fake love is using and being used as we see in the sexual revolution. So the sins of the flesh, that's the joyful mysteries. The Luminous Mysteries is is battling against the fallen world full of false promises, false hopes. Um, really, this industrial digital revolution, in many ways... With uh, Joyful, you're, you see Charles Darwin with evolution and Darwinism that were just animals. And so right at the height of the... Or right at the beginning of the sexual revolution, you had the beetles and the turtles and the birds and the animals and the eagles. You had all these music groups. Wow, and, I didn't think about
0: that. I didn't really... Yeah, you're right. Eagles, and, and, and definitely the
1: message is we're animals. So yeah. let's just do it on the road. It doesn't matter. You know?
0: Who cares? You know, it's just yeah. the body's just the body. Yeah. yeah,
1: just it's it's for entertainment. And so definitely a mm. contraceptive mentality of separating. There you go, yeah. You know... Um, um, sexuality with reproduction and there's a profound relationship it's natural law so yeah there's a great need again great need to it's truth that sets us free i certainly was in bondage by many lies and the lord you know amazing grace little by little setting me free as i learn more and more of the truth uh so then right again the luminous mysteries with the whole industrial revolution digital revolution is we're machines And we need to produce. We need to be productive. Otherwise, we're not being productive. And then we're we're a waste of time and a waste of money. And it really is the throwaway, what Pope Francis calls the throwaway culture. And it's the world. And there's a whole criteria. And while Scripture says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So the Luminous Mysteries deals with community, Christian communities, forming communities that are really learning about the kingdom culture of life and fully renouncing then the the fallen world of this false hope and false promises of creating a world of materialism. And that's what we see in Darwin. Uh, and then Freud. With Freud, you see that we're all materially driven by pleasure. And so we're constantly having to go faster and faster and faster in an age of acceleration uh, with with technology of getting more and more pleasure. And we never can get enough. And so that's the treadmill called the world that we need to renounce. That Those are the luminous mysteries. And then the sorrowful mysteries is dealing yeah, with the reality of the father of lies who justifies our sins with all kinds of ideologies, ideologies. Uh, and we can easily justify and rationalize. And then the word rationalize is the word lies. And so there's all oh, kinds man. of lies that we can justify a whole culture of death. And so in the, sorrowful mysteries. We're dealing with cities, society. We, again, we see Jesus first with family, then he's forming communities, and then he's entering the city of Jerusalem and dealing with these big, huge battles that we see in our own city of San Antonio. There's a great need for revival, and that's ultimately what we see then in the glorious mysteries is a new inner room, a new upper room, a new Pentecost for a new evangelization, even a new martyrdom. St. John Paul II speaks of, a new kind of witness that really clarifies who we are, whose we are, really living and proclaiming and witnessing the gospel of life. And right, it's in those mysteries that we're definitely facing the anti-gospel, the anti-church, the anti-Christ, the anti-Mary, and the anti-Trinity, um, which is definitely includes paganism. So there's a great need to just separate um brownies from dog poop and and the beautiful body the whole theology of the body from the spiritual cancer that's stealing and destroying um, families communities society and humanity
0: mm-hmm. uh, well I'm very excited to get into this in our journey so um, that's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be great it's gonna be um, I know I'm gonna learn a lot I know I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lot from this personally and anyone else who's listening to this uh, I really do believe that they're gonna get a lot from this. I really believe that this this is going to light a fire in them, um, uh, maybe to die to themselves, a new Pentecost, as you say, a new love of God, and wanting to know and learn God and learn about these things more. So what I try to do with this podcast is... Uh, the people who are, who are faithful and love the church and and love Jesus and and of course they're gonna come. They're gonna be there. They're gonna, they're gonna want to listen to. But uh, with this, I try to do. I try to reach the people that are. I think I mentioned this that they're on the edge. They don't. They may come to mass every now and then. You know, they may oh once a month I'll come or you know all the holidays. You know, I'll come Fourth of July or Christmas, Easter. Are people who who consider themselves Catholic, but they're just oh, maybe I don't need to go to church or so. I'm trying to reach the even the nuns, the people that are like, well, I don't know, I don't know. So I really would just pray, and I ask everyone here who's listening right now if they offer up prayers, obviously for Father Will Combs, uh, and then pray for this podcast too. That that fruit that people hear this and it sparks an interest, it it gets that that open channel to god right it it wipes away the the window clears it that way god's grace he just needs a peek that's all he god's grace just needs a peek to get in it just needs to be a clear enough window to get in And, and hopefully this this is what i'm hoping for glory to god God willing, um, I'm excited for this to happen. So I can't wait to get into specifically all the mysteries and going through it. It's going to be really exciting. And then we'll have Dusty here. He's going to be – I know he's been waiting. He's been excited to go through this journey too. So uh, Father Will, thank you once again for this introduction. It's episode zero, I guess, if you if you will. The introduction uh, to what we're about to be preparing for. So thank you again. We learned a lot about you. Um, I think people are going to – I think they're like, man, look at you different. Look at that. Like, wow, Father Will, he's had an amazing journey. Your journey to get here is, and it's not over. It's not over at all. There's still more journey, God willing, more years and years of you. So, but it was really enjoyable. I appreciate it. Is there any last thing you want to say? Any, you know, you're your St. Mary Magdalene's, if you guys want to come visit, Father Will, and of course the Eucharist, and visit God. But if you want to say, hmm, this Father Will, I like this guy. This guy's he's pretty cool. So if you say Mary Magdalene, but there's anything else that you wanted to say? Yes,
1: I, I do need to say this. Great, we we great. are trying to reach a wider audience, is Jesus came asking seeking and knocking for those who are asking seeking and knocking he came for the wounded yes uh, we're all deeply wounded and some have deeper wounds than others in a sense we can it's been said where we're the walking wounded yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jesus certainly says do not be afraid and in many ways he says to those who comes is do not be ashamed don't put all your faith in your wounds. Put your faith in my wounds, <laughs> and by, by the Lord's wounds, we will be healed. And he has the power to transform us, <clears throat> certainly with a gift of our testimony, <laughs> to be wounded healers. And there's a great need. There's a great need for testimonies to defeat the enemy uh, by revealing our wounds, but the awesome, amazing grace gift of Jesus, who comes to heal us, Forgive us and set us free to love with true love, God's love that endures forever.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, would you graciously, would you end us with a blessing?
1: Uh, gladly. And may Almighty God bless you and keep you and let his face shine brightly upon you that you may be as he is, light for the world. And I bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. God love you.